All right, we want to welcome everyone that's here tonight in the congregation and those that are jumping on Facebook Live. Hope everyone had a glorious Christmas and a happy new year. And I believe that we're going to have a great 2022. But guess what? We're going to make it that way. It's not going to come from some sovereign God that's giving us a word that he's going to do this, that, and the other, apart from our participation and apart from our focus. Tonight I want to minister something to you that um, I believe is one of the most important things you can hear. I've said this probably a hundred times or more in this series, but I'm really going to say it tonight. And I'm going to give you the example of Isaac and Rebecca. I like to document everything. You might want to turn me up just to hear. Maybe I'm not on. That's why I'm not getting any sound. I, I like to turn me down a little bit. I like to document everything that I teach. I think we should. And so I want to document, again, something that I have said, as I said, probably a hundred times or more in this series of teachings on mind-brain connections. This is lesson 135. We've been on this over three years. But tonight I want to talk about the allegorical reality of Isaac and Rebekah. And I want to give you a very vital and important truth that each and every one of us need to understand concerning the priority. Now, you know, I can teach allegorically, I can teach metaphorically, I can teach mystically, I can teach symbolically, I can teach spiritually, and I can even teach... If you're ready to hear this, I can even teach by hyperbole. Now, all of those are a little bit different, have a little different tweak to them, and I'm not going to explain them because I've already explained the difference between them on a previous message. But all I want to share tonight and document through Isaac and Rebecca is the fact. Now, for those who have not been here before, I teach the brain as having the left and the right hemisphere. The right hemisphere, I symbolically teach as the Christ mind. And you all got one of those. I teach the left side as the divine feminine. However, even though it is an equivalent to the right side, it has a role. And the role is to yield our woman to the masculine. Yield the divine feminine to the masculine. Now, even though it's the divine feminine, the left side, even though it is the virgin consciousness, objectively speaking. When we embrace the lies and the concepts of religion, we can cause this light that it is in our subjective experience, even though objectively it's light, it's an equivalent with the Christ mind, it's the virgin consciousness, objectively that never changes. But when we embrace religiosity, we can darken that. And that is the purpose of yielding the woman to the man. You know, when you read in the scriptures when Paul said, you know, the wife needs to yield to the husband, submit to the husband. Can I tell you that's a bunch of BB in the natural? 
get along a little better in the home if, if you, but listen, it never says the wife is to submit to the husband. It says submit one to another. But I can't get off on that in a natural marriage. What it says is when Paul said the woman is to yield to the husband, he was talking spiritually. How much bondage has been generated by preachers and teachers that have made that all in the natural marriage? Okay? So what I want to do is show you a priority, and this is so important tonight, even though I've said it over a hundred times probably. There is a priority that you and I need to keep in mind if we're going to experience success in our spiritual lives. Now let me start off by saying this. Every woman in the Old Testament, even some in the New but specifically, every woman in the Old Testament that was promised a child was barren. Hannah was barren, that later birthed Samuel. Elizabeth was barren, that later birthed John the Baptist. We know that Rebecca, that we're going to talk about tonight, was a virgin, but later was found to be barren. And of course, she was promised to birth a child. And we know that Mary was a virgin. Now, how do we apply that to us spiritually? We have been barren on our left side because, only one reason, because we're married. That's the divine feminine. It's the virgin consciousness objectively. But we have made her barren by embracing the lies of religion. We've made her barren. Isn't that interesting? So if you have your Bibles tonight, let me document all of this that I just said so far. Because again, I don't like to teach stuff without documentation. Let you know where I got it in the scripture or elsewhere. <clears throat> but if you go to Genesis chapter 24 and verse 2, here's the priority that I want us to get tonight. When you, are you listening? When you are tempted by lower emotions, it's always going to come through the left side, never through the Christ mind, through the left side, the woman. Remember, Eve was a helpmeet. It means an equivalent. And she was the one that was tempted to partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and then gave unto her husband. But here's the point, and here's the priority tonight, very vitally important. When you are tempted by lower emotions, by intellect, by human reasoning, by logic, or by five senses, Christ over here is not going to come to your rescue. Until you yield, and then he'll meet you. And that's what I'm going to document tonight from Isaiah and Rebe or, uh, uh, Isaac and Rebecca. Let's say that again. When you're tempted on your left side by lower emotions, natural intellect, human reasoning, Human logic, natural logic, the five senses. When you're tempted by that, Christ is not going to come out and rescue you. You have got to yield that, and then Christ will meet you. Okay? So I want to document this, as I said, in Genesis. And if you have your Bible, if you don't have a Bible with you, you can get one back there. Genesis 24. And I want to begin reading at verse 2. Are you there? Genesis 24, 
verse 2. Notice what it says. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, put I pray thee. Now he's, he's wanting his servant to make an oath to him, a promise to him that he's going to go get a wife for Isaac, his son. So notice what he says. When he wants this servant to promise and make this oath, put I pray thee thy hand under my thigh. Now I'm going to say something here that seems a little awkward. When we go to a court of law, we put the hand on the Bible. We promise someone we may put our hand on our heart. But what this really is saying here is not just under the thigh. They had to touch the testes of the man. That's where the word testify, the root of testify is testes. So a little awkward, but I'm just simply saying that's what they had to touch when they made a covenant. And so his eldest servant had to come, get under his thigh, and touch the testicles. <laughs> well, that's just how they did those things in those days. Sorry to say, but that's the way those things were done. History will bear this out. But we can't stop there. Let's go on. Verse 3. Verse 3. <laughs> Verse 3. And I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not, now listen to this, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. Now, Abraham represents our Christ mind, and he had his servant, his eldest servant in his house, swear by putting his hand under his thigh that he would go he would find a wife for his son, Isaac, but it would not be of the daughters of the Canaanites, but that it would be, in other words, the daughters of the Canaanites represent the lower emotions. Now, as we go on, look what it says in verse 4. But thou shalt go into my country and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son, Isaac. Now notice right there, take a wife unto. That's clue number one. Take a wife unto. What did I say? When you're bombarded by lower emotions, I'm just going to use lower emotions because you'll see why. When you're bombarded on your left side by lower emotions, Christ is not going to come out here and rescue you. You must yield the lower emotions and Christ will meet you. And notice how it says, take a wife unto my son. Yes. Good. Take a wife unto my son. Isaac didn't go to Rebecca. Rebecca had to come to Isaac. All right? Now, what we need to see here, what we need to see here is that Abraham's country was the Ur of the Chaldees. And listen, the goddess that ruled over Ur was called Sin. And it meant emotions. Hmm. Meant emotions. Not sin like smoking and drinking and murdering and stealing. No, no. Not, not that kind of sin. The goddess that ruled over the Ur of the Chaldees was called sin. And it pointed, the ancients realized that that word sin, what was the goddess over the Ur of Chaldees, they realized, the ancients did, 
that that sin pointed to lower emotions. So that's how I'm going to word this as we go through this. Now, we would say mistaken identity. New Testament sin is mistaken identity. No, here in this story, it was the lower emotions. And so Abraham said here, I want you to go, telling his eldest servant, I want you to go to my country, which is in the place of the lower emotions, and I want you to find a wife for my son, Isaac. So basically what is allegorically stated here is that we must, listen, bring our part that has the tendency to have the lower emotions filter through it we must bring that up, yield that to the right side, and as we do, the Christ mind meets us. Yeah. Now listen, it has to be lifted up to the right side in order to experience then our virgin consciousness. In order to join feminine and masculine together into one subjectively, and let me present this to you, I know you already know this, the main key for that is meditation. The main key is us turning within in meditation. And as we turn within in meditation, we go into my country, Ur, where the lower emotions are, and we bring the lower emotions up to the right side, and that's where Christ meets us. So the lower emotions must be lifted up again, Isaac wasn't brought to Rebecca. Can you hear it? Rebecca, who represents the left side, was brought to Isaac or brought to Christ. So the purpose then is for the evolving, the evolvement of the Christ and the feminine to evolve together into the subjective marriage, union, or oneness. So in a nutshell... Abraham, once again, I'm going to repeat myself quite a bit here at the beginning. In a nutshell, Abraham said to his servant, go into my country, which is the place of the lower emotions, and I want you to bring from the lower emotions a woman to Isaac, rather than having Isaac go to the lower emotions. Now, let me say it this way. I could say it this way if I wanted to. What is my documentation for this? I'm not going to turn there. But you know, in Galatians chapter 4, Paul the Apostle said, and he was talking about Abraham, the two sons and the two women, and he said that it was an allegory. So in other words, he was saying, if you want to get anything out of the scriptures, and especially out of the Old Testament that is so messed up in people's yes. minds, of God killing and God telling people to kill, if you want to get anything, he was saying in Galatians 4, out of the Old Testament, you have got to see it allegorically. Yeah. Yeah. Got to see it allegorically. Otherwise, you're going to have God as a mean monster yeah. who kills people, sends a flood and kills people, sends Sodom and Gomorrah and kills people, rather than the God of love that he really is. Yeah. And a lot of people that are throwing their Bibles away, calling the Bible stupid, it's simply their problem because they have, you can't blame religion that taught you all of the squirrely stuff. We have to realize that we're the ones that accepted all of those lies. 
Yeah, and I understand it was ignorance and we didn't know any better. I, I get that. But we cannot blame the Bible or religion. We have to finally come to the place to where we realize we never read it right and we never understood it right. Now, on the left side is Rebecca, lower emotions, when operating apart from the right side. And on the right side, the Christ mind, we have Isaac, who was the child of promise. In other words, Abraham denotes the father. Rebecca denotes the right side of the lower emotions. Isaac, yes, the left side, excuse me. Isaac represents the right side, which has to do with the Christ mind. So allegorically, what we see here is simply the need for the emotions, as in Rebecca and Isaac, what we see is the need for the emotions, the lower emotions, not to be destroyed. We're not trying to destroy our emotions, our intellect, not even our ego. But what we want is it to be submitted to the spirit, submitted to the Christ mind. And so allegorically, what we're seeing here is that the lower emotions, represented by Rebecca, was brought to Isaac, was lifted up, had to be lifted up. And if it wasn't lifted up, it would not happen. Isaac could not go out to Rebecca. Rebecca had to be brought. So the right side is never going to come to the lower emotions, the intellect, the logic, and so forth. Now, let me throw something out at you here that is a big flaw in Western evangelical Christianity. And that is, and it's everywhere, folks, I'm going to slay a sacred cow tonight. Come on! I'm killing it because it's in every church, just about, with the exception of a few, thank God, arms. Here's the flaw. you got to walk the green mile. You, now listen, you got to confess your sins. You have to ask Jesus to come into your heart. He can't. Because from before the foundation of the world, Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, was within us. It's a waste of time to look at people and say, have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? He was always there. He never left. That's a big flaw in Christianity today. And many people use it to build a ministry, so-called. Look how many people... We got saved. Now, I could name some very popular men, and you probably can think of them right now, that that was their main ministry, and they preached that from one end of the globe to the other, trying to get people saved. Got to come to Jesus. Listen, he can't. He can't. Just as he cannot come to a corrupt temple of lower emotions, intellect, reasoning or logic it has to be we have to come to him listen you got to accept Jesus into your heart no you can't it's impossible he's already there what he wants is us to enter his heart and we enter his heart when we take the temptations that flow from the left side filter through the left side like lower emotions intellect logic and all of those things that I mentioned before that is us yielding. That is us coming to Christ. See? That is us coming into his heart. Because that's his heart for all people 
that call themselves a Christian, or even if they don't call themselves a Christian, his purpose is for us, if we want to experience fruit that remains, and the spiritual equivalent here, if we want to experience that, join to the right side, then what do we have to do? We have to, we have to come. See? We have to come. We have to bring those lower thoughts. Now, hang on to Genesis 24 and go, if you will, to John 14. And as you're turning there, let me give you a scripture that I have given you many, many times. I'm just going to quote it to you. It's found in Isaiah 45 and verse 7. Listen to this carefully. I'm just going to quote the first part of it. Which one is this? Well, it's both of them, right? <laughs> well, it came off of here. All right, let me get situated here. I must have stepped on that. I took it off. Technical difficulties here. Technology, yeah, sometimes it stinks. Let me resituate this a little more. Okay, now, here's the scripture, Isaiah 45, 7. Listen to this. I form the light and create darkness. And so many people have blamed God on the darkness part. That's an antithesis, and this is what it means. I form the light, and you and your awareness, you invert it into the darkness. Yes. So I form the light, this equivalent. This woman part, this feminine part, yes. it's filled with light, objectively, it's him. Yes. Wow. But we, in our awareness, okay. invert it into the darkness. Okay. Isn't that good? That's what we do. God made our left side divine. But it can be corrupted into the darkness, in our awareness, by us falling for the lower emotions, yeah. intellect, reasoning, logic, five cents realm, or whatever. Now, let me say it this way, and this is kind of strong, but it's, it's right. A little tight. You can go to church. I'm going to call it church. I mean, we're the church. This isn't the church, but you can go to services. You can read books. You can sing songs. And until we learn to yield yep. this to this. Yep. We'll not experience true spirituality. Right. Christ is not going to come and get us out of our lower emotions. This side in and of itself is not going to come when we're operating in human reasoning. You have to bring it, like Rebecca had to be brought to Isaac, you have to bring it, and then the Christ mind meets you there. Amen. Now, when I say that there's this flaw in religion that says you must ask Jesus into your heart, I have no right to say that unless I can document that. So I told you to go to John 14 and verse 20. <coughs> Hang on to Genesis 24, though. Let me document the fact that yes. when people say, have you asked Jesus Christ into your heart? He can't come into your heart because he's already been there from before the foundation, Ephesians 1, 4, 2 Timothy 1, 9. Amen. Always been there. And look what it says here in John 14, 20 for my documentation. At that day, at that day, 
That day is when you get revelation. At that day ye shall know, not just believe. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. So what's the purpose of inviting Christ Jesus into our heart if he's already there? And once we know that he's already there, that is one of the sacred cows that's got to be tipped in Western evangelical Christianity. And let me tell you, the whole church world from one end of the globe to the other, that's their main focus. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Well, first of all, we were never in Adam. Secondly, we were always in Christ. Again, Ephesians 1, 4, 2 Timothy 1, 9. Don't have time to go there. But let me have you turn to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 11. And let me show you something here in case you didn't realize this. And I know we all have. But look what it says. Paul the Apostle says in Colossians 3 and verse 11. One word I want to point out to you here. Look what it says. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, get the next word, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is in all, or Christ is all, and in all. Now, what is this word barbarian referring to? Adolf Hitler? Jeffrey Dahmer? Attila the Hun? Name him. Not one person on this face of this earth has not come here without Christ already in them. Problem is, they were not aware of it. The reason Hitler did what he did, he wasn't aware of it. He had stuff put in his awareness. The reason anyone does what they do in a murdering act is not because Christ Jesus is not in them. It's because they're simply not aware of it. They're just simply not aware of it. Let me give you another one. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. 2 Corinthians. So this said in Colossians 3, 11 at the end, Christ is all and in all. Automatically. We came here with Christ Jesus within us. So why do we want to try to have him come into the heart? Why do I say he can't come into the heart? Because he's already there. But we can come to his heart, and as we do, because his heart is for us. If we want to experience the ultimate of spirituality successfully, we have got to bring this to his heart. Just like Rebecca had to be brought to Isaac, rather than Isaac taken to Rebecca. Now, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, look what it says. Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove yourselves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. Mm -hmm. Uh So here they're asking him to come in and saying that if you're asking him to come into your heart, you're a reprobate. What is a reprobate? Let me give you two meanings. Strong condemners and rejectors of the truth. Strong condemners 
and rejectors of the truth. So you can see very easily here that religion is headed backwards. And we know that when they partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, their eyes were open. Which eyes? Their spiritual eye was flipped backwards. And they begin to see everything according to the two eyes on their head. And so this is why that religion at large is begging people to accept Jesus into their heart because they still have not been brought to the place through the truth to where they're viewing things through the single eye rather than the two eyes on their head. Amen. 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 Does that surprise you? It shouldn't us. This is kind of old hat to us, right? Now go back to Genesis 24. Let's look at the story now. Again, Rebecca was brought to Isaac. Isaac was not brought to Rebecca. And it's the principle that I've been harping on all night tonight. You've got to, when lower emotions bombard your woman, your feminine principle, when intellect, reasoning, five senses bombard and try to get a hold on you, you've got to bring that to Christ. And Christ will meet you there. Just as we'll see later that Isaac came and met her, but she had to come. Now, look what it says here in verse 5 of Genesis chapter 24. And the servant said unto him, unto him who? Abraham. Perhaps or peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. In other words, if the lower emotions, remember Ur of the Chaldees, the goddess was sin, and sin to the ancients back then was emotions, lower emotions. So he's saying, if the lower emotions, he's saying to Abraham, are not willing to come and be lifted back up to the higher place, then what should I do? Look at the rest of the verse. Must I needs bring thy son? Listen, must I bring the right to the left? Must I bring thy son again unto the land from which thou camest? In other words, should I bring the son to her, he's asking? Should I bring the Christ to the lower emotions? Should I bring Isaac to Rebekah, the lower emotions? Verse 6. And Abraham said unto him, Beware that thou, beware thou, that thou bring not my son thither again. Do not bring Isaac to Rebekah. Don't bring my son to the lower emotions. That's what is being said there. So look what it states, which goes right back to asking Jesus into the heart. What does he say there in verse 6? Beware that you do not bring my son Isaac there again. Wow. Yeah, I could say it this way. Wow. There ain't no Jesus coming back to fix this earth. <laughs> there ain't no Jesus coming back to fix our earth. That's right. Amen. He's given the earth to the sons of men. Yes. We're the ones that have been given the privilege. The mandate, the privilege, the opportunity to restore the earth. Amen. And how do we do that? By getting this truth out to people. So there ain't no Jesus coming back here again as the religious church is crying out every Sunday, every Wednesday. Can't wait till he comes back. 
Can't wait till he comes back and gets us out of this mess and let the world go through a seven-year tribulation. Amen. Yeah, that's another sacred cow. Yeah. Jesus is coming back any minute now, and we're going to be raptured out of this hell hole, and we're going to go to heaven, and woe unto you if you're left here on this earth, because you're going to go through a seven-year tribulation. What does the scripture say in Revelation and in other places, chapter 1, about the kingdom of heaven? It says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does it mean? The throttle is in your hand. That's it. The throttle is in our hand. We can experience this as quickly or as slowly as we want to. Now, let me say something. Are you you're still in Genesis 24, right? Let me say this. In Daniel 4 and verse 6, it says, The heavens do rule. And let me just say this because people say, well, yeah, the heavens are going to rule in the age of Aquarius. The heavens have always ruled, folks. Yes. But now listen, on the flip side of that, the kingdom of heaven is within us, and the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and for the heavens to rule, the throttle's in our hands. If we want the heavens to rule, and this is the heavens, then we've got to yield anything that tries to tempt our woman, our feminine principle. If we want the heavens to rule, we've got to yield her, and the Christ mind will then meet us. Now, look what it says in verse 7. See, because listen, as within, so without. As above, so below. What does that mean? As what's going on in the inside of us is going to manifest in the earth. This earth, which is earth in scripture too, and that earth out there. And the throttle is in our hand. For the heavens to rule in our lives and for the heavens to really rule out there. Now, I believe we need to see the heavens rule objectively. We need to see the whole earth full of the glory of God. We need to see that the heavens are already ruling. But are they ruling subjectively? No. Throttle's in our hand. The earth has been given to the sons of men. Now look at verse 7 as we continue on of Genesis 24. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt, now listen to this, here's a real key, and thou shalt take, listen to this, here's the key, thou, this is my documentation, thou shalt take a wife, notice, unto my son, from thence. So this is referring to us. We were taken from our father's house. When were we taken from our father's house? When we embraced religiosity. We were taken from the experience of the Father's house. Right? That's what it says there. We were taken from our Father's house. Just as it says here, let me read it again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my Father's house. Abraham was taken from his Father's house. We were taken from our Father's house when we embraced religiosity. 
But the last part says that thou shalt take a wife, Laura Motions, unto my son. Not the other way around. You gotta take this feminine principle and you gotta lift it up. The law of emotions, intellect, whatever it is you're tempted by, you've got to lift it up and you've got to bring it to the right side of the Christ mind. And as you do, as I said, Christ will meet you there. The Christ mind will meet you there. But we have to bring ourselves. Yes. And this represents us, our earth, our intellect. And when we're tempted by those lower things, we've got to bring it. Christ is not going to come out and automatically override that which we're tempted by. Now, look at verse 8. See what happens here. Verse 8, And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, listen, then thou shalt be clear from this oath. You'll be excused from this oath if the woman is not willing to follow you, talking to the servant, to follow you. Only do not bring my son thither again. <laughs> Don't bring my son. Don't try to bring my son. You got to bring Rebecca, representing the Ur, the goddess, which was sin, which was the lower emotions. So there's no way of turning this around, folks. And that's the priority. Christ is, our Christ mind is not automatically going to rescue us when we're tempted by lower emotions, five senses, intellect, logic, reasoning. We've got to bring it. We've got to yield it. Now, then in verses 10, I'm not going to read this, 10 through 14, the servant then takes 10 camels out to find Rebecca as a a wife for Isaac. Now, this is, very, this is very vital here. Notice 10. If you read verses 10 through 14, you'll see that 10 is the number of completion in this story. In other words, this task will be completed by going into the desert or the wilderness of meditation. Now, listen to this. The camels, these 10 camels are very vitally important here. Here's what they... Here's what they represent. The camels represent that which takes in the living water deep within themselves, which enables them to go great distances on dry ground to reach their goal. So the ten camels represent that truth that we're hearing today that will carry you across any barren desert. And will bring you to number 10 to the completeness of your subjective union that we want to experience. Objectively, we already have that union. Objectively, we're already one. But we're not subjectively walking in that or experiencing that. So that's found in verses 10 through 14. Now, look at verse 14. There's a part of the allegorical story here where this servant is asking for divine intervention. Of course, we know seven is the number we've said for years. Seven is the number of completion and fullness. And yes, it is. But it also is the number for divine intervention. And the servant here 
is looking for divine intervention in verse 14. And look what he says. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, drink. And I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. So just as the story of Jesus when he comes to the woman at the well, and the well is the place of what? Water, which is the truth. Yes. And Jesus came and asked for drink. So this servant asks of Rebecca for drink as well. And this truth, this water of this well, is something that's on the inside of each and every one of us where deep calls unto deep. Now listen, that water must baptize our left side. Remember I told you that the Greeks had five levels of consciousness? Earth, water, air, fire, and the Christ mind. So what we are doing is, as we yield the temptations that come to the left side, and we bring it up and lift it up and Christ meets us, we're being baptized with that truth or with that word. Amen. Hallelujah. And let me just go so, be so strong as to say, that's true baptism. Yes, it Amen. is. It's not done in our head in the water, although we do that. But the true baptism is you lifting up that which you're tempted by, Christ meeting you, and you're baptized. Amen. Amen. In the water of his word. Now, look at verse 15. And let's see who comes out here. Verse 15. Came to pass before he had done speaking that, behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abram's, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher, it says, upon her shoulder. And notice it says that, she, isn't this strange? She was the daughter of Abraham's brother. Yeah. Now, how are we going to look at that allegorically? Everything is in the family. <laughs> Everything is in the family. You've got the left in you, you've got the right in you. You've got the electrical aspects of the brain in you, you've got the right hemisphere, you've got the left hemisphere, you've got two hemispheres really as one. We could say two nations, but really as one. Amen. It's all in the family. Amen. Amen. Verse 15. Now, the emotional aspect comes out in verse 15 that we just read. And then verse 16 says, And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin. So she's a virgin. Later she's barren. A virgin. Neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled the pitcher and came up. Now she's a virgin, right? That's what it says here. She finds herself barren, and then later she gives birth to the child of promise. So what has happened here? Let's bring it to the point of our meditation. You sit in your meditation, close your eyes in your meditation, you sink, if I can talk, you sink deep into the desert of your meditation or the wilderness of your meditation 
And what are you seeking to do but to bring the lower emotions up to the right side concerning that which maybe you have struggled with all of your life. So that what? So that you can bring your Rebecca up to your Isaac and experience moving from the bride to the wife and experiencing this joining of the left and the right subjectively. And that's where we're at, folks. That's truth that remains, and that's what we want. It's great to know that we're one objective. It's great to know that Christ has always been in every man, objectively. It's great to know that. But here's the $50 million question. Are we subjectively walking in this or not? And anything from the left side, when it's tempted, has got to be lifted up to the Christ mind. And Christ then comes out to meet us, which we'll read a little later. Now, verse 17, the servant runs here to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And in verse 18, Rebecca gives him to drink and also gave, listen, to his ten camels in verse 20. And the servant of the divine Abraham, here in verses 21 through 25, is invited to Rebekah's house. And in verse 27, there's a very interesting statement that is made. But before I read verse 27, let me talk to you just a little bit. I received a word this week that came to me. Some of you know Deborah Westbrook. And she gave me a word of what is going to, not in a gift of prophecy realm, but in the spirit of the Lord realm. And there were some awesome things. It wasn't real long, but there were some awesome things of what was going to happen in my life in 22. And one of the things that she said at the end of that word was that I was holding a sign that said, The Way. And I was speaking words about the way, and I'll explain that later. I was speaking words that released an energy into the people. Amen. Amen. And uh, if I remember right, it it talked a little bit about not having to explain so much and so forth, but just by speaking, the energy went into the people. And then at the end, she talked about the way. Yes. I was showing the way, and I had a sign that said, this way or something similar to that. So I wrote her back and I said, yeah, it just so happens I'm going to talk a little bit Sunday evening about the people of the way. So I want to do that before I actually read verse 27. There is that which is called in Scripture the children of the way. And I've shared this with you before. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But he wasn't saying, I, the Jesus that walked the shores of Galilee 2,000 years ago is the way, the truth, and the life. What he was saying was, the same I am that's in me is in you. And when you turn within in meditation, you come to the way, to the truth, to the life. Because the kingdom of God is within us. It is the way. It is the truth. And it is the life. Now hang on to Genesis 24 and quickly look at Matthew 7, 
and verse 14 as we talk about the way. Now, let me say this. In Acts chapter 9, when Paul the Apostle was persecuting people, holding death warrants for them to be killed, guess who it was? It was the children of the way. Whoa. You can read that in Acts 9, verse 2. Let me read it real quick. In desire of him, letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, yep. whether they be men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem Whoa. for them to be persecuted yep. and eventually killed. Yep. And then later on in that same chapter of Acts 9, verse 17, let me read this. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hand said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, because the light shone in the way. I believe that light was in Paul when he was struck down and so forth. That appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled or be controlled with the Holy Ghost. And then in verse 27 of Acts 9, but Barnabas took him brought him to the apostles, and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly in Damascus in the name of Jesus. So the children of the way are people that do what we're talking about. They realize the same I am is in them that was in Jesus when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the people of the way realize if they will turn within, that is the way. Amen. What comes out of that is the truth yes. and is the life. Amen. Now, Matthew 7, 14, listen to this. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads into life and few there be that find it. So the majority of Western evangelical Christianity is content yeah. with knowing that objectively they're yeah. one. Yeah. They're content with that. Yeah. But what about the subjective experience right. of us bringing our Rebecca to our Isaac? Not having when we're in trouble the Christ rush out and rescue us, but no. It's on us to yield it, and then the Christ will meet us. Now, go back to verse 27 of Genesis 24 in closing. And it says here, verse 27, And he, the servant of Abraham, said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth, I being in the way... I, turning within in meditation, I being in the way, the truth, and the life, then it goes on, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brother. Now, my question is tonight, and I pose it to all of us, are we in the way? Not in the way for other people. <laughs> are we in the way? Do we turn within in meditation? Do we nip it in the bud as soon as lower emotions begin to try to ensue? Yeah. Or intellect? Yeah. Or human reasoning? Nip it in the bud. Or five senses? Come 
If we do nip it in the bud yes. and yield it, yeah. not expect Christ to come out and rescue us, yeah. but we do the yielding, Christ will meet us yes. and swallow it all up. Amen. So are we in the way? I want to be in the way. I want to live out of the way, the truth, and the life. And there's only one life. There's only one truth. There's only one way. So in verses 29 then to 50, the servant is now at Rebekah's house. And notice verse 51. I love this. Behold, Rebekah is before thee. Take her and go. The servant was taken to Rebekah's house. And verse 51 says, Behold, Rebekah is before you. That's to the servant. Take her and go, and let her be thy master's son's wife, as the Lord hath spoken. In other words, take Rebekah. Take the lower emotions to Isaac. Take her to Isaac, not the other way around. Take the feminine principle to the masculine principle. Yield the feminine when it's tempted to the masculine principle. Now, in verses 52 through 55, there's some hesitation here. Do I really want to do this? Have you ever been in that position where you've been in meditation and you think, is this really what I want? Sometimes those questions come to mind. Do I really, you know, do I really want this? Is it worth it? Yes. So in other words, we get sidetracked a bit because other things sometimes become yes. of a greater importance than yielding right. ourselves to the Christ. And this is exactly what they're doing in the story. Look at verse 55. And her brother and her mother said, Now, the servant is in Rebecca's house now, and her brother, Rebecca's brother and mother, say, let her stay with us for 10 days. We just want to keep her a little bit longer. Let her just stay for 10 days, and after that, we'll let her go. In other words, in plain English, if I can talk, plain English, Sometimes our family does that to us. Yeah. Oh, come on! Oh, come on! Sometimes our family oh, does that. Our families can work on our left side. Oh, come on, Kate. Our loved ones can work on our left side. Now look what it look what it says in verse 56. And he said unto them, Don't hinder me. Oh my God. Servant says, and he said unto them, Hinder me not. Seeing the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. In other words, I'm not going to let anything, the servant is saying, hinder me from bringing, bringing Rebekah yes. to Isaac. That is so good. Then look at verses 57 and 58. And they said, the brother of Rebekah and the mother, they said, okay, we'll call the damsel and inquire at her mouth. We're going to ask Rebekah. And they called Rebekah and said unto her, Will thou go with this man, the servant? And she said, I will go. I will go. So in other words, 
We cannot allow the Rebecca within us to be hindered by family, to be hindered by interest. We cannot allow anything to hinder us from bringing Rebecca to our Isaac. And then look at verse 62. And Isaac came from the way of the well, Lahorai, for he dwelled in the south country. So in other words, Isaac came from the way of truth of the well. So you come from meditation. Things are beginning to take place within you and you're aware of it. The higher impulses are starting to kick in and open up. The energy is beginning to flow. It's doing a number on the pituitary and the pineal. Yes. The sun, the S-U-N, continues, the energy continues to go to the right until there's an explosion Whoa. within you Man. as the two become one subjectively within your experience. Amen. Now look at verse 63, almost done, 63. And Isaac went out to meditate. In the field at the evening, best time to meditate when it's dark. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. Oh, the camels are coming. That which treks across the desert, the dry desert, that is filled with the truth, is finally making its way back to the child of promise, Isaac. Oh, Lord God. Now look at verse 64. And 65, and Rebekah lifted up her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. For she had said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? What man is this? So she's going toward Isaac, and Isaac is going toward her. That's the yielding of the feminine principle when it's tempted, and then the Christ begins to meet you. What man is this? <laughs> I love that. And let me read that again. Rebecca lifted up her eyes. When she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel, verse 65, for she had said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? Oh, my God. And the servant had said, It is my master, oh. Isaac. Therefore she took a veil and she covered herself. Oh. So in other words, as we yield that left side... When we're tempted by the lower emotions, Ur, the goddess of sin, being the lower emotions, when we're tempted by that, we begin to come to the Christ mind, and that's where Christ meets us then. But it's not the other way around. It's not him coming out and rescuing us. It's us bringing our Rebecca to our Isaac. And notice what she does. She took a veil, and she covered herself. Why? The left side, the emotional realm, is now becoming one with spirit. It's spiritual. The emotions are no longer lower emotions. They're spiritualized emotions. Remember, we don't destroy the emotions of the ego or anything of the left side when we're tempted. We bring it to the spirit. We bring it to the Christ mind. And when she put the veil on, it was a sign of humility. Is her sign of humility. Verse 67. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah and she became his wife. 
Now, I say it this way. You want to say this is the bride of Christ? That's fine. And the church wants to just talk and harp about the bride. We're the bride of Christ. What about the lamb's wife? What about the wife? What about the subjective experience of the two being joined together? And look what it says. Isaac, verse 6 to 7, brought her under his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. And listen, when you experience bringing your Rebekah, when she's tempted especially, to your Isaac, you will really then begin to understand, I don't know that we'll ever fully understand, but you'll begin to understand the love of the Father. You'll begin to understand the love of the Father. So this allegorical story in closing of Rebecca and Isaac, the feminine principle and the masculine principle, subjectively becoming one, that's our goal, folks. That should be the goal of everyone. I'm not even going to say in Christendom. Everyone. That should be our goal, whether you call yourself a Christian or not. And I'm not so sure about it. That's right. You know, they were called Christians. And Antioch was it? Yep. And it was it was really a, a criticism. Yes, it was. It really wasn't. Now, I do consider myself a Christian, don't misunderstand. But I'm saying this is the goal for everyone that calls themselves a Christian or doesn't call themselves a Christian. That's right. The goal should be. Not us worrying about, oh, i got to get Jesus in my heart. He can't come into your heart. <laughs> He's always been there from before yeah. the foundation. Mm-hmm. He wants us to come into his heart. Yes. Yes. See, And we come into his heart as we bring that Rebecca, our Rebecca, to our Isaac. So that subjectively we can walk in this marriage. Not just objectively. I'm not satisfied with knowing that my left and right are one. Not satisfied with that. I won't be satisfied, David said, till I awaken his likeness. And the only time and the only way we're going to awaken his likeness is when we bring our Rebecca to our Isaac and let him can I say this? What the hell? Let him love the hell out of us. Let him love all the death and the hell and everything out of us that sprang forth from religiosity, the lies, and the concepts of religion. So we became barren because God didn't make this side barren. We became barren when we embraced the lies. But guess what? That which was barren in us, that which was barren in us, is no longer barren. And it's beginning to birth. It's beginning to bring forth the Christ, the man-child, call it what you will, fruit of the Spirit. It's beginning to come forth as fruit that remains. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your truth, for your word, for your love, for your grace, that we came here with Christ Jesus within us. We came here with all things. We came here lacking nothing whatsoever. We thank you. We praise you. 
In the name of the Lord. Amen. 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 God, Amen. that was Amen. so good. Amen.